What's going on, everybody? It is episode number 75 of the Audible Farm podcast, and this week's episode is brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. Couchtown Coffee is roasted right here in Iowa. Check them out on Facebook or on their website, www.couchtowncoffee.com. If you like the coffee, go ahead and make an order. You can save yourself 20% this week by entering the code word JClyde. The code word this week is Clyde. You can save 20%. That lets them know that Audible Farm sent you over their direction. So check out Couchtown Coffee. Save yourself 20%. Uh, you know, support local. It's good stuff. This week's episode is also brought to you by the Rockin' Picnic Winter Party 2020. That's right. The Rockin' Picnic that you guys all know and love from every summer for the last 10 years or so here in Humboldt. They've got a winter party, and this is their first one they're doing, and J. Clyde Band is going to be here, and it's going to be great. It's at Rustics, February 22nd. That's this Saturday. That's this Saturday. It's coming up. It's free. It's free, free, free. Starts at 8 o'clock. Be there or be square. J. Clyde Band's going to be rocking. It's going to be a great, great night of music, so come check it out. It's going to be tons of fun. Uh, there's a Facebook page for it. I've shared it multiple times on the Audible Farm account. So check it out if, you, uh, if you've if you missed it. But uh, thank you guys at the Rockin' Picnic for uh, helping out the Audible Farm podcast and uh, being a sponsor. Appreciate it. All right. This week, I'm actually sitting down with one of the members of J. Clyde Band, Corey Waller. This episode is tons of fun. Uh, sat, you know, I didn't actually know Corey before we sat down. He's a great guy. I had a, a lot of fun listening to this podcast. Uh, we picked his brain a little bit musically, a little bit business-wise. Uh, there's a lot to learn in here for aspiring musicians. So take note. I know I certainly did. He's He's got big ideas, and he's executing them all very well. And he's... Uh, you know, he's showing there's no secret to it. It just takes work. It takes time. It takes dedication and uh, takes actually doing it and, uh, you know, setting out to do what you want to do and then actually just doing it. And he's actually going out there and doing it. He's got the guys in J. Clyde. It's some of my favorite music locally going on today. Uh, I urge everybody to get to that rock and picnic winter party and uh, enjoy this podcast with Corey Waller. Episode number 75. It's the Audible Farm Podcast. Your host, Peter Stockdale. Okay, so today I'm sitting down with uh, Corey Waller. It's it's this is the first time you and I've ever actually really talked. I think I met you at a J. Clyde show one other time, probably. But uh, other than that. This is the first time we talked, so, uh, you know, thanks for sitting, ooh, hit my mic. Thanks for sitting down with me and uh, talking first off. Yeah, thanks. But, uh, you know, like, let's let's start at the beginning. You and I don't know each other. We don't know each other very well at all. Um, How'd you get started? Do you play guitar? Um, Yeah, um, and I'm not sure how far back you want to go on this whole thing. Start at the beginning. (laughs) Okay, so when I was like... You were born a baby. Yeah, I was born a baby and (laughs) immediately grew into a man. Sweet. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, when I was like 13, I had a, there was a kid that moved to Manson where I grew up and, um, he was from Rockwell city and him and his family played at some talent show thing and he played guitar. And immediately I was like, I need to be this kid's friend (laughs) because I always like really liked music. I just never had like an avenue to pick an instrument up or whatever, but we became good friends. And then 
uh, he played guitar. His brother had a bass, and mm-hmm. so like I was supposed to be like a drummer. Okay, yeah. so I convinced my parents to buy me a drum set. Okay, and they were very hesitant to do so because they all they saw was like me being Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> they were like, "You're gonna be on drugs and drink so much beer." And I uh, do that. Oh but, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, that's every. I think that's every parent's fear. Yeah, they're like my kid's gonna play guitar. No, but but finally they gave in and they bought me a drum set and it was literally like starting from nothing. Like my buddy would have to keep like four, you know, one, two, three, four, one on the hi hat, and then mm-hmm. teach me how to do like kick snare, mm-hmm. and then I would like put it all together. Okay, and then eventually it got to the point where I could play. And we wrote songs. We did like two albums, and then we, after a while, we got into like doing hardcore stuff, okay. like under oath sound and stuff, or whatever. Okay, and, yeah. Um, obviously, we progressed as musicians, so we got a lot better. Mm-hmm. I wasn't great, but I did okay. It's okay. First off, it's crazy that like you, I always think picking the drums as the first instrument is like insane. Um, yeah, it seems like the most complex one to learn. Maybe sure. it's because I don't play them, but uh, yeah, or don't play them well, but uh. Like so, it was just one of these uh, one of these brothers that was sitting down and teaching you how yeah. to play the drums yeah. then. And he he was probably a, a better drummer than I was. Okay, but he couldn't do both at the same time. True. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, but uh, but I had fun with it and stuff. And um, did you actually? Okay, here's the other thing. Did you have a practice place dedicated for your drum sets, or were you like beating on drum sets at your parents? So this house? was so. I rarely had a drum set at my mom and dad's house. The good thing about this this kid's house was uh, in their basement. It was like an old house in Manson, and they had a bomb shelter. Oh, cool. <laughs> and so, like, we were pretty much just allowed okay. to. And his dad was a music teacher at our high school. Oh, so we kind of had, like, you know, we had some gear, and mm-hmm. we had, you know, but we were allowed, like, it was an encouraged thing. And yep. his dad had, like tons of music like cds and stuff he used to work at like a record store i think and so oh, cool. like it was one of those things too where we were always pulling down like stevie ray vaughn albums and like pearl jam and springsteen stuff and like Dude, it was yeah. like a first for me of like getting to experience yeah, getting all to experience the music that too yeah yeah just, you just named three bands that cover a very wide stretch of yeah. stuff so and, and i never like growing up like i never had mtv and stuff like that either so mm-hmm. like i go over to his house and they'd have like mtv on like when you know, they're still playing music, music and stuff. And you yeah. could see, like, you know, like, Bowling for Soup, like, oh, cool. like yeah. music videos. And, like, that's <laughs> what I, like, specifically remember. But Yeah. Yeah. Uh, girl, all the bad guys want. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Yep, yep. And it was just, it was just, like, all music all the time. That's awesome. And we did that. I did that for a long time. And then uh, when we got to the point we were going to graduate high school, um the metal band in Manson hour of reckoning was going. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of had like a Ferris wheel of bass players going on. Mm-hmm. And I was looking for something to do. And years before that, I had bought a, like a nice fender bass mm-hmm. and an amp. Okay. And never really played them. I just had them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's I the mean, kind of music collector I am. Yeah. I mean, it just, you never know when you might need one. Guilty. Yeah. Yep, yep. So, uh, <laughs> did the bass thing in Hour of Reckoning for a couple years. And when that started to fizzle, I was kind of out for a while um, because Jake, Merritt, and Greg, um, and Jared Leppert, and all my buddies that were playing, and like Ronley and stuff, and I didn't really know 
Ron all that well at this time had all started like a cover band with Catherine Dillon. Okay. And they did like Janis Joplin tunes, but they do like Beatle tunes and I mean, they just do everything. And like, I would go to their shows and watch and I was just like kind of on, on the sidelines or whatever, you know? And mm-hmm. it was like the first time where I was just like, Oh, maybe this is, this is it. Or I really want to do that, but I don't know how to play guitar mm-hmm. and the people that are in these bands are like so good at their instrument. Like I can't take this, you know what I mean? I can't take yeah. over like a, a drum gig from Jake, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and Greg was just really getting into bass and stuff. And I was like sitting around with Jared Leppert, uh, who was the original guitar player for Jay Clyde on a Sunday. And we were just like sitting on his back porch or something. And we're like, man, we got to figure out a way to drink beer for free and make money. Yeah. And I was like, I'd always kind of had this like secret love and reverence for like country music and like rock and roll music. Um, and I thought, you know, I bet if we like learned a couple hours of this and we went into a bar, like they would pay us money to do this. Yeah. And, like we might not get rich, but like, but back then, like it was a different deal, you yeah. know, too. Oh, yeah. But, um, so that's kind of how we, and I booked two shows before I ever even learned how to play guitar. Oh, wow. And pretty much just forced myself to learn. And oh, then, crazy. like, spent the next, like, two years, like, booking shows and playing and woodshedding, taking over jams and mm-hmm. kind is of... That, is that the start of J. Clyde Band, That's then? the start of J. Clyde. That's yeah. awesome. And that's what, I mean, that's what we did. So, uh, one of these shows I booked, the guy called me back, and he was like, what's the name of your band? And I was like, it's the Corey Waller Band. He's like, that's a terrible name. <laughs> and I was like, all right, dude. Like, I walk around with that, so take it easy. But uh, so I said, well, I'll figure something out. Um, and growing up, my dad and my grandpa always called me Clyde. <clears throat> and Jared Leppert, who was the original guitar for, uh, player for the band, his parents always called him Jay. Okay. So that, And we just slapped it together, and he said, yeah, that sounds better. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how that came to be. But he also said... Uh, if I was going to come play, I'd be a lot cooler if I had a band. Mm-hmm. And so I robbed Jake and Greg away from this Pearl gig that they were doing. Mm-hmm. And kind of then I hung Ronley out to dry. And then we started a band. And I think like the first club that we played in, like we, we booked for four hours and we only had enough music to fill three. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of like, they paid us anyways and like kicked us out and stuff and whatever. And mm-hmm. We were like 20. So yeah. like. <laughs> but still like being 20 and being able to cover three hours. Is yeah. Pretty insane. Yeah. And it was like, I don't, I think I'm happy because I don't think we replayed anything that night. Like we played everything we knew. Yeah. yeah. Was some real pro stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, you can, that's another thing. Like if you don't have enough time to cover, you can replay stuff, which is not unheard of and it's not undoable. And it's not like against the law or anything, yeah. but it sometimes if you're there for the whole duration of the show, you're like, eh, I think I heard this song, didn't I? Already? Yeah. And we even like at that point, we even had, um, Alyssa Johnson who plays with salty views now. Yep. Like she was there and she came up and like sang songs. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cause we just didn't know enough stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a half baked thing to like get into, you know, yeah. but, but we did it anyways. I mean, you got to start somewhere. Exactly. You know, and it's, I think some of that is too, is like the whole fact that if you, I don't want to say like book yourself um, ahead of your progression. You know, like if you, you guys hadn't quite made a full band yet, you hadn't quite filled four hours, but you're like, Hey, we can, we can do this. And then you went from like 
literally nothing to filling three hours. Yeah. You know, it would like forced you guys to be like, this is how far you have to go and yeah. how, how fast can you get there, et cetera. You know, and it's, it's actually pretty cool to, to see that kind of yeah. dedication to do that stuff. I, I've thought about it before and like my expectations of wanting to be in a good band and like be a good musician and stuff has always exceeded my natural ability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or preceded. Yeah. My natural ability, like anything I've ever done, like didn't know how to play drums, like just got it. Yeah. Like, you know, worked, when I played bass with Howard acting, like those guys are incredible musicians and I was clearly like the least talented person. Mm-hmm. But yeah. like, whatever, you know, just, just work on it. And if like, the other thing too is like, I just get to hang out with my friends. And exactly. Like, you know yeah. I mean? So like, yeah, it was great. It's but a low pressure situation. It's not like you're jumping in somewhere where people are going to climb up your ass. Over oh yeah. Or you know? Well, and anything like, I think it's just as long as you're working hard and stuff, and like, and, you know, I've known most of these guys my whole life or whatever. So mm-hmm. it's real easy to, to not get on. I mean, you get on people at the right times. You know Bingo. what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, but that's another thing, though, is, like, sometimes if you find yourself in a situation in a band with a bunch of friends where you know each other is, like, really hardworking and stuff mm-hmm. like that, you you also realize, like, you know, hey, if you're screwing up, you're probably going to take it out on yourself worse than anybody else, so yeah. I'll, I'll let them do it, you know, yeah. and that's, that's probably one of the better things in a band that band members can understand, where it's like, dude, this guy doesn't want to screw up any more than I want him to screw up, so yeah. I'm just going to let him punish himself mentally in silence over there yeah. instead of being like, dude, get it together. Well, you know? and we always kind of had this thing. I, it was just been like stupid rules of our band, and it's like everybody's going to make mistakes, just don't do it. Yeah. Like, you know, and even still, like, I could play last night or something, and somebody kind of squawks out something that's like a little, you know, a little funky, and I mean, we're pretty polished or whatever, so like you kind of know, and it's like, you you generally if, if somebody screws up like you don't have to say anything yeah like they yeah. just like stand there in their shame or whatever yeah and I and I forget lyrics all the time so I'm probably the most guilty of that but yeah you know it happens I think that's some of the fun of being like a musician and going to see other musicians play for is, sure is watching them like mess up mm-hmm. and then just kind of like giving them a wink and being like that's all good you know because yeah. they're they're up there just like they just like shake their head and smile like yeah. God. Dang it! Like I, I messed that up. You know, I, I love re-singing the first verse to to any song. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've seen that happen before too. There's nothing wrong with yeah. that. I've done it at a jam night. Um, Lagrange became the song at jam nights that I won't play anymore because I just completely blank on the second verse mm-hmm. every time I play it at a mm-hmm. jam night. I'm like, I'm not doing it anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm just not gonna do it anymore. But uh, but yeah, it's pretty fun when you're up there and you're like. Mm-hmm. This doesn't sound good when you sing the first verse again, but I have to do something here. Yeah, you can't oh, exactly. Just... Yeah, you just stand there and <laughs> it's bad, man. It's and and bad. With like in the J. Clyde band, like another one of those stupid rules is like, and we learned this. This was the good part about coming up with your friends and like playing with them from like high school. And we got, I mean, you know, kind of got with Ron early enough, and like anybody's played with us, Neil and John or whatever. But like, there is a no bail policy. Yeah, like you will not like. Jake, just keep laying it down, and like we will find the surface again. Like there, yep. there is a no bail policy. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you don't go halfway into a song and be like, "I oh, screwed up. We're starting over." Yeah, you know, that doesn't. Yeah, but it, but it just like it also sucks when you're like, you know, three measures into something and you remember the lyrics, and then like so you're gonna start singing, and everybody's not like vamping with you, and then like the chord change happens, and you're like out to dry yeah yeah <laughs> and you yeah. can't like mentally like fast forward those lyrics in your brain and then you so you just train wreck till you hit a chorus but yep i mean that's always kind of been our policy yeah i mean that is also like if you get a band that's comfortable enough to play together that's also one of the 
things I look at in bands is when they get kind of lost like that. A lot of the the best ones know they've played with each other long enough where it's just like, ah, oh, let's just keep going. We can, this guy's going to add a little fill here and he's going to do a little bit of a solo ditty until we come back to the one and we're all starting over yeah, again. That's the deal. And that's, uh, that's like beautiful, you know, cause that's, yeah, that's like getting lost in a conversation and coming back to what you were talking about originally, yeah. you know, yeah, I, yeah. that's some of my favorite stuff. Well, and like, so the, speaking of that coming back around a little bit like when we first started doing all this stuff and playing together like we would literally like go take over like jams we just had to play Mm -hmm. i mean we would find like they used to do a jam in havelock Mm -hmm. at the havelock bar and we would just like show up or there'd be a band playing and we would just like on their break like we would just play Mm -hmm. and we would just woodshed 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 and get used to playing together and these songs together and how it was gonna go and we played way too much well (laughs) and it it was great you know but yeah that's a good way to tighten it all up though too is going to different places seeing different people getting a little bit out of your element and stuff like that well and too like at that point in time like we were in that stage where we were like trying to find gigs Mm -hmm. too so it was like any kind of exposure that we could get yeah you know and then be like hey you guys want to come back and play next weekend or something you know Mm -hmm. and we would just jump at the opportunity so it kind of worked out but yeah, hunting to find gigs to play is never an easy thing when you're like first starting a band. And it, like even if you've been in a a scene before, mm-hmm. it's tough to be like, "Hey, I got this new band. It sounds like this." And yeah. I mean, we don't have anything recorded. So but, they sound like your old band or yeah, like <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's so tough to get in there and and jump into a scene. I mean, even if you want to like I'm sure it's different uh for you guys than it would be for like somebody in the Des Moines scene. Like let's sure. just throw this as an imagination like got a punk band and a buoyant scene, then all of a sudden you're like, I started a metal band. You know, it's not really that hard to jump back in, but still people are like, I've never heard this before. Right. They're kind of leery or whatever. But around here, you got to go small town to small town to bigger town to small town, and you're covering miles. Yeah. I mean, this isn't a place where, like, like if you're playing in Havelock, they don't know you, you know, any more than the man in the moon up in Kasuth County in northern, like up in Britt, you know. The word doesn't travel that far usually as opposed to, like, the Des Moines scene where it's all just... 10 bars total that are playing all the music. I I think like too, like with like social media and stuff like that, it's Mm -hmm. easier now to kind of spread. I mean, even even then it was like 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. you think about that, but so, and that's, and we're poor at social media, (laughs) you know, like everybody wishes they were better at it, but like, I don't know. We try, we go in phases, I think, where it's like, we hit it really hard and then we're bad at it again for a while. (laughs) I think you guys' social media is pretty polished off. I think last time I checked on Facebook, you had like almost 4,000 followers or something. That's insanity for a a band in Northern Iowa, you know, and you guys are well-deserving of every one of those likes. So Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, I mean, that's really cool. I think it's one of those things that it probably doesn't register in your brain because it's just like, well, this is just some random number on the internet that doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. But like, it's got to feel good when you show up to shows and almost every town you go to, you're like, you know, somebody's going to come because they saw your stuff on Facebook. You know, that's that's really Yeah, and I mean, like, you know, too, we've been doing it for almost 10 years or Mm -hmm. whatever, so it's like, (laughs) we should have something. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Somebody should know who we are by now. I don't know. Just like, you've been around long enough, so, Mm -hmm. yeah. But yeah, I mean, you guys started, um, I'm assuming, just like everybody else, playing in, in bars and stuff like that. But I've seen you guys play at, like, town festivals and, like, on the lake and yeah. different towns and, and street dances and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, I mean, big stages, little you, stages. And yeah. Phone booths everywhere, yeah. <laughs> you guys still doing smaller shows, quote-unquote? Um, Not so much. Mm-hmm. Like, 
we're just too big. Yeah. It's the setup's too big. Like we did, we did a lot of stuff, um, to streamline our setup and everything. And our equipment's big. Mm-hmm. We're, we're in a six piece band now. Yeah. Including Mark. Like we haul around our own sound guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's so, right. Mark Gales. Yep. Yep. So even like this summer, we're going to have to go out and like try to get like people to pull two mm-hmm. gooseneck trailers up. Cause it's, the one's just not going to work anymore. Oof, oof. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know, and then, you know, like all the frilly stuff, all the lights, and mm-hmm. just takes up room, man. And amps look good on stage, you know? Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, that was another thing. I've I've covered it a few times in, in prior podcasts, but it's like those frilly things actually do mm-hmm. kind of matter, you know? Like, it's not like a light show is going to make the band, you know? Yeah. But at the same rate, like, you can be an awesome band with no lights and, and no other entertaining glitz or glamour, and it kind of vacuums a little bit of the enjoyment yeah. out of it you know when i i took a a break where i played with uh salty views mm-hmm. for like a year and a half or something like that and i got really close with tim salter and he always said like you uh see what you hear yeah. something like that yeah and he was really good with dmx and salty views always got uh great light shows mm-hmm. and so when i decided to go back and do the J. clyde thing and everything i was like man it's just such a mood setter. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, for your audience and stuff too, but even like as a performer, mm-hmm. you know, like the chases that we have set up in J. Clyde, like, you know, if it's kind of like a slower bluesier tune or something or whatever it is you're doing, like throw on like some like purple and green and blue lights. Yeah. And then play and see how you feel about it. Yeah, you know, man. Like, it just totally sets the mood. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think you can dict that, dictate that for yourself and for people. Oh, yeah. So. Absolutely. I mean... I mean, this is going to sound weird, but even as far as like when I first started playing music, I knew a guy that had like a practice space and he would light his practice space Mm -hmm. up because he's just like, even if you have lighting in here, everybody kind of gets into the, you you feel it a little bit more. Yeah. And I, I kind of started doing that a little bit at my place. I've got just like a couple lights that I'll turn on and I'll turn all the other lights off and it's, it just makes you feel like you're jamming and you're in the swing yeah. of things a little bit more yeah. even from a performer's yeah. aspect or like you're doing something you know like, yeah exactly like, yeah. Like, but we're here to like you know try to make art or perform or you know whatever it is you want to call it what you do but like you know just try to be professional about it you know mm-hmm. be pro like i'm sure there's something to say for the fact that like also you you you're being hired to play music for somebody but you're like ultimately being hired to entertain pe- mm-hmm. people that are there yeah. and uh you can just play music but then that might lend itself to people turning their back to you and just facing up to the bar. Yeah, yeah. But if you're, you know, if it's entertaining to look at too, it's it adds that extra dynamic that helps people address you guys instead of just hearing music in the background and not looking at you. you Yeah, and I mean, it's it's really hard to ignore like a a bright light show too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, then we look better or not as ugly or or more ugly because it's brighter. But yeah, and and it's been a process like that whole thing. If you ever get into like DMX lighting and... Mm-hmm. it's a trip yeah you know, and you, it'll drive you to, to drink or do whatever you do but it's uh it's very rewarding yeah and just like everything we get it all set up and figure out how to streamline it and make it happen quick every night so set up and tear down doesn't suck you know mm-hmm. but, yeah i mean uh, that's that's another thing though like lighting you don't need like the fanciest lighting in the world sometimes just a couple cans on light chasers mm-hmm. you know just Go, going off the sound that that can be good enough if you need something you know yeah. if any bands are out there like contemplating any of this stuff and i mean lights aren't even like like we said lights aren't even like 100 percent necessary but it adds that extra yeah. something that makes it visually 
tangible. I mean, that's not that's not what tangible means, obviously. Right. But, right. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we did something like kind of early on too that I think I see these days that that it's just you know whatever stuff stuff that we do that maybe other bands don't do and and that's fine and stuff. But like we went and got Mark Gales to run sound for mm-hmm. us, and I I don't. I'm terrible with years, but I think it's probably been like five years ago and stuff like that. And back then we had one monitor that Greg used to stand on an hour of reckoning and it was all crushed up. <laughs> and like we had like two PV like one twelves up on and, and it was just god awful and stuff. And then we got a bigger sound system and then like when we got Mark, like all of a sudden like we're getting gigs. Yep. Because we sound good now. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? And so then we went and bought like floor monitors mm-hmm. you know because we're like yeah we should be able to hear you know mm-hmm. and then um you know now we're all in here and stuff but like we just i don't know if it's just a mindset but we just decided like early on to try to like do things that little things that mattered like find a sound guy and do, yeah. do lights and then like sell a sell a show you know yeah. like do it having your own sound guy has got to be nice because it takes away from like all right, who's got a wireless unit? It's the bassist. Go out in the crowd yeah. and turn some, we're going to turn some knobs. And, and that is like, it is so hard to do that at a show. Or yeah. like if there's no sound guy at a show, you rely on somebody else in the crowd that doesn't know what you want your band to sound like. Just being like, this guitar needs to go up more vocals and less of that guy. And you're like, but that's your root, I'm, you know. I'm, I'm very thankful that we had to go through the days of one monitor or no monitor mm-hmm. and no mic and amps and drums and set it and forget it you know yep. like i used to crank my acoustic guitar through an acoustic guitar amp i don't know if i mean those things don't crank yeah. you know like so <laughs> i blew i've blown two of them up oh geez yeah the first two <laughs> i owned i blew up the third one i quit using so okay and just go di yep. now finally yep. you know like after all this process or whatever but um i forgot where we were at oh that's cool <laughs> sorry <laughs> no that's, that's, i was on a good train of thought too and then i derailed myself but let's change gears here a little bit six right. six person band jay clyde yeah let's let's name them all off so we can give everybody a little bit of a shout out here uh from my left playing guitar ron lee king from gallery yeah and ron's been with us for a long time yeah yeah I've actually played with Ron at a jam night. Uh, talked to him on the podcast. Cool sure. guy. Yeah, cool yeah. guy. Yeah, he's probably one of my best friends in the world, and we hang out. And it's understandable. Yeah, yeah he's a good guy. He is a good guy. So I've uh, been playing with Ron for forever and love every minute of it. And then uh, we just added back Sean Menekis yeah. in our band. He played with us a couple of years ago. I think he played with us for, I don't know, a year, a year and a half, two years, something like that. Um after Neil had left the first time or whatever. So Sean's back in the band now. Um, Neil Anders mm-hmm. um, grew up in Lake City, lives in Oldable. Um, He's playing guitar for us and has for a long time. Mm-hmm. And he recorded our album oh, cool. at his house. That's where we did that. Nice. Like with all his equipment and stuff. So That's sweet. Yeah, Neil's awesome. Uh, Greg Merritt grew up in Manson, and he plays bass and mm-hmm. – um, love greg and jake merritt plays drums and been friends with jake since i was like 15 too i think so cool yeah yeah Yeah, i've I've had the merritt brothers both on here uh individually of course but uh slowly i'm gonna knock every one of you guys out of here and get you all on the podcast yeah but uh, but dude i mean 
going to see you guys play live is is one of those really fun things because uh, as I started playing more music and going to more live shows, uh, doing the podcast and seeing people and stuff, I started appreciating, like, I go to a show and it's like, this might not be the music I want to hear, but these guys are playing things that I don't know how to play. Mm-hmm. And that's like, I, I built up an appreciation for that because it's, even if you're playing uh, covers or like some of your baller originals which are on your youtube channel if you guys want to check them out they're on youtube um i'm sure you've got them for sale online too yeah i do itunes sweet yeah Yeah, Yeah. check it check that out it's so super good but i mean like it's it's so cool because it's this is stuff that came out of your guys's brains didn't come out of mine i wouldn't Mm -hmm. have ever thought of it and you guys put it all together and made a thing and it's and it's awesome you know it's fun to come see you guys live uh you guys add a lot of dynamics that a lot of bands ignore like we were talking about sure uh, your own sound guy that's that's super cool you know does mark bring his own sound equipment to most of your shows then too um it's kind of like a like a 50 50 relationship we have like subs and tops that like the band bought but like he he has a couple better ones that we've been using for a lot of our outdoor shows and stuff like that and we'll cop some mics off him and stuff like that or whatever but um we pretty much run everything through our X32, and then sometimes he has like a X32 board that he brings. Mm-hmm. And if we're in a smaller place, like whatever, he'll just run it off an iPad. And yep. so, like, it's kind of a we, we've built this thing, <laughs> and it's like out of, out of a lot of people's equipment. And yep, um, but but it's a, it all it all works. It's all streamlined and yeah, whatever it takes to get it done. You know, yeah. Is it hard getting? six of your guys' schedule and and marks like all of your guys is to like line up and be like we got a show on this day or can we all do it <laughs> yeah uh yeah it's it's awful uh, <laughs> it used to be harder though we, now we have like the time tree app okay on our phone and so like the other thing is too um so what what it is is it's a calendar mm-hmm. and you can share it between it's like google calendar or anything you can share it between however many people that you want and so like if you put like save the date thing in or whatever, whatever you have going on, everybody can see that. Mm-hmm. So I would just tell people like put in days that you know that you have something going on. And then like, if they're open, like they're fair game, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But we also share that calendar with riddled with class. because oh, yeah. Jake and Greg are in that band. Mm-hmm. You know, Ron does, um, stuff with, uh, tank Anthony. Yep. Yep. Neil, Neil plays with Brad Morgan and does a ton of solo stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I do some solo stuff. Everybody's playing everywhere. Yeah. You know, uh, Sean does Lone Tree and everything, plus Mark's running sound for people. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, you guys are all a little bit busy. Eh? Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah and it, it, which is great. Yeah. You know, but, but it's, uh, it can be overwhelming when like somebody <laughs> sends you a Facebook message and like, hey, can you play this thing? And it's like, you look at the calendar and it's, not a day you can do, yeah. you know. Oh man, that'd be crushing, especially if it's a show like, oh, we I want to play this, or like this would be, you know, financially viable for us to sure. go to this town and play yeah. the show, and it'd just be like, oh man, we can't play this or whatever because somebody yeah. else has something going on. Well, yeah, and like some of it, I mean, you got to take your lumps, and yeah. some of them you fight for, and some of them you like go, and you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, how bad do you want to go to your be the best man in a wedding? Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, now we're gonna play a show instead. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, and I mean that's that's actually really cool too. The fact that you guys have band members that are not just only in your band. Every sure. it seems like literally everybody in your band is off doing at least one other project, uh, mm-hmm. maybe side projects and things yeah. like that. That's awesome because 
I feel like that is a thing that didn't happen for a while in this area. Now it seems like everybody's got one or two or three projects because people, the music scene's starting to like tie all together. Everything's starting to overlap yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. It, it also, and, I, and I'm, I'm really surprised too. I mean, just like with the guys that I get to play with and Jay Clyde, like, and I called this a long time ago that like, I knew I got really lucky mm-hmm. and like, these guys are my friends and they're great players and stuff. But I figured like people come like, haul them off eventually like yeah. and they go play with other people you know mm-hmm. like yeah which is great you know and, and i love it and all, all their all their projects and stuff and like i get to go watch them as much as i can mm-hmm. and stuff like that and and it's great you know like i said like we were talking like jay clyde doesn't do like the the small like bar shows anymore or whatever so like we we run super hard in the summertime when we can get outside and then we'll do like private events and stuff like that but i mean mm-hmm. it just makes sense for everybody to go do yeah you know, something different or smaller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, know, you actually get to to go back to where you, everybody cut their teeth and they get to go recut their teeth. Well, yeah, exactly. New, and, just, and like, too, I mean, you just want to keep playing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and that's great. And, and, you know, making money and just doing whatever you got to do, you know, extra scratch on the week, you know, on the weekend or whatever. So, yeah, I guess I never thought about that. Being a band that is in slightly high demand might yield you guys. Uh, situations where it's like I can only play we can only play like twice a month this month or like mm-hmm. you know and but that leaves two whole weekends where you're not playing yeah uh, plus other days on the other weekends where nobody's playing a show and like can I fill those up with something else because like like we said Jay Clyde's like a high volume band is there's six of you plus a sound guy it yeah. takes a lot of work to get you guys all to get to one place I'm sure you guys get a decent amount of offers uh, from people yeah. trying to find, you know, yeah, yeah. get get you to play. So, God, turning down gigs has got to suck. So, and that was that was a thing, and it was kind of a, a turning point for us, is, like, when we used to go out and, like, try to find shows or whatever, like, we always had the thing, and, like, I don't know how many times, like, I was hungover for Thanksgiving and Christmas and Easter and, like, just everything because um, we used to have this thing that was, like, never be the person or like the reason that we have to say no to a show. Yeah. And that was like when we were doing like the woodshed stuff, like, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we played all the time and it didn't matter. Like, just don't be the person that can't play this weekend. Like don't ever have anything, uh, you know, other than playing going on, you Mm -hmm. know? And now it's like, we're getting older and wives and kids and like just life. And, you know, like, um, but yeah, like once, once people start offering you, for shows or whatever, like you can't play them all. Yeah. You know, and twos like stuff, like things just have to work out. Things have to line up and, Mm -hmm. you know, financial things. And, and, uh, it's nice to be able to pick and choose sometimes Mm -hmm. now more than it, you know, than it, than it was in the past. Yeah. I mean, I get that to an extent. I play in a, a punk band down at Des Moines, three finger Betty. We, used to never turn down bookings and it was to the point where you're like oh we played 38 shows this year in a punk band you know but it's like some of them are like tuesday night early shows and stuff like that where it's like eventually you're like how many people are coming to tuesday early shows especially Mm -hmm. if they start at five and people aren't even off work yet you know and yeah um so you start to after you establish yourself you start to cherry pick a little bit you know well and too like and they say absence makes the heart grow fond you know what i mean so like one thing that we try to do now is like if we play somewhere to try to vacate the area for a while, you know, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the beauty of like playing in the summers too, is that like, if people want to come out and see us play or something, like they haven't had 
six opportunities this winter yeah, or like yeah. this month, yep. you know, to like to come watch us play either. And so like that that kind of helps you out too. Yeah, you yeah, know? definitely. Um, I mean, just as it's far probably as, an excuse for being like lazy about playing in the winter, but <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Like I totally get it though, because if um, just coming from like the the punk band like Three Finger Betty perspective, when we were playing shows like you know at least one a week it was one of those situations where it's like do you, you can come see us at vaudeville on tuesday or bogs on saturday mm-hmm. or fremont next week on thursday and it's yeah. like all the people in des moines were like oh, i can i can just make it to the next show oh, yeah. i can just make see it to the next, next show yeah you know and that if you keep having that mindset eventually you just you run out of places and time and it's like well, it's been three years and you haven't come seen us it's like mm-hmm. well you're always playing every week and i can come see you whenever i want to yeah so it alleviates that that's pretty yeah. smart you know yeah I don't yeah. know. I like. I, I yeah. like it. I, I definitely, I definitely respect guys that play. You know, three or four times a week. I'm, I def, I, I, I miss those days sometimes, and sometimes I don't. Dude, yeah. I mean, like, not only that, but there's some people that find a way to do that and still jump around to areas and give oh, yeah. and still give each area like a month or so a break. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. If if you got like a circuit mm-hmm. set up that that's big enough for that, like. Go get them. Yeah, dude. You know? It's it's <laughs> wild. And it's crazy because there's people like right here in the Ford Dodge area mm-hmm. doing that. And it's it's yeah. mind-blowing, you know? Yeah. And then you get, um, I mean, I'm not trying to like just point at anybody, but like Jeremy Ober was sure. one where he just like would go around the area a bunch. And then now, he, you know, this last winter, he was like, uh, I'm going to go try yeah. a different area and see yeah. what happens, you know? And, and he's been down there just every single day yeah. somewhere I, I, playing. I've been, I've been trying to keep up with that trip. So yeah. Every, it, yeah, every time he posts something. But yeah, it looks, and Romney and I were in Austin with our wives last spring and mm-hmm. like some of those bars that he's playing in, like we went to. Oh, no way. Yeah. So like, dude, that's cool. Yeah. That's super yeah. cool. And there was, I actually just saw something today and I, I tagged Ronley on Facebook in it, but a guy that we watched or a band that we watched play down there in Austin, they were just up in like Des Moines playing and oh, like no Matt way. Woods made a video or like, Oh yeah. Took a video and they were playing. And I was like, I've seen this guitar player before. Like, mm-hmm. And then I like tag around and he's like, yep, that's the guy, you know, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, and they just like swap places. I don't know. So it's like, well, <laughs> that's pretty, that's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's another thing that you don't like, I didn't realize how big and small the music scene was until I started just really diving into it, you know? And you're like, yeah, there's so many, there's, I mean, there's hundreds of musicians in Northern Iowa that are yeah. playing gigs everywhere. But then you start to realize like. I mean, a lot of us are friends with each other on Facebook, and even if you're not friends with somebody, you still know about them and mm-hmm. things like that. So, well, and that's like, so I've listened to a lot of your podcasts, and the thing that I find entertaining about it, and I was telling my wife this on the way here today, was uh, like, I don't like, even though I've been a part of somewhat of this music scene for a long time, like I don't know who everybody has played with. Mm-hmm. And then when they come on here, it's like a tell-all. Yeah, like, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And so like I'm, I'm even trying to, you know, I'm even connecting some dots, and I'm like, and that's how they know that person, or, mm-hmm. or you know, yeah. whatever the situation is. I'm like, all right, I get it. Yeah, it's it's a weirdly small world. Somebody should go out there and create like the Audible Farm music family tree oh, uh, my throughout time and just tie it all together. Where would one. it start? Who who just? I don't know. I have no. <laughs> all roads lead back to Jeremy over. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I remember being. In high school, in a punk band, we called ourselves Active Input. If you want to look it up, there's some cover tunes on on YouTube. Um, I put them on there because I thought it would be funny. But uh, check it out; it's fun. Uh, otherwise, like when we were growing up in high school, it was like Jeremy would ask us to play shows, you know, yeah. around Fort Dodge and stuff here, and we weren't yeah. polished enough. I'm using huge air quotes sure. to to play the shows. I mean, we could cover maybe a half an hour with cover tunes and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But you know, that was one of those deals where it was just like, man. 
How, and he's only like, Jeremy was only like maybe two years older than me. So it's like, how are you 19 or 20 booking all these shows? And yeah. I mean, he did, uh, I mean, he, he was one of those guys, like you said, that did a lot of work around the area and, and, and pushed for music to be played in places, invited a lot of people, you know. Yeah. I think like the first show that we ever, like I ever played in, I think I was like 15 or something like that. It was up at, I think it was called Spanky's at the time. It's mm-hmm. the second floor yep. Eagles or whatever it was. Yep. And it was with like another punk band, like. Jared Harp and Alex Bird cool. and Cam Pansy, they were in a band, and Gabe, I can't remember Gabe's name, but, uh, and we were a punk band from Manson, and for some reason, I, Jeremy was probably there, like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, and I know, like, after that, like, we started playing a lot more shows, and, like, that's when I started, like, remembering him, and mm-hmm. I always, then and even, like, till, like, two years ago, I thought he was, like, a lot older than yeah. I, than <laughs> I was, and he's, and he's not, yeah. I mean, like, but. That's wild. I mean, that just, I mean, stuff like you guys getting as big as you are and Jay Clyde and, and Jeremy doing the things that he did throughout the last like 15 to almost 20 years mm-hmm. in, the, in the music scene in Northern Iowa. It's, you know, those are the things that show you if you um, stick with it, you know, just oh, work, yeah. work hard and stick with it and yeah. stick to your guns and just keep going yeah. forward. And it doesn't matter how fast you're going, just go forward. Some yeah. direction you're forward. You're going to fall, fall forward. Yep. Gain and, some ground, man. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's cool to see you guys get as big as you are and do as much as you're doing and start playing bigger shows or like play every weekend mm-hmm. or um, like I think the last time I talked to Nick, he was talking about how you guys and Jay Clyde were, were just went hardcore last summer and we're just playing yeah, as we, many as many shows around the Iowa area as you, as yeah. you could. You know? and, and yeah, it's crazy. It gets it gets crazy sometimes like in, in one, you know the things that we learned when we were kids and stuff too, of like, we used to do like, you know, seven shows in eight days or, you know, like sometimes we'd do like two shows in a day or whatever. And and it would be like over the 4th of July weekend. And so we would do like, you know, six shows in 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 five days or something like that. Mm -hmm. And like, we just used to kill ourselves (laughs) by the time we got to the end, you know, but like, it's 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 just great. Yeah. I, I, w- I wouldn't trade those days for anything, but I'm glad they're over. Yeah, I always thought it was funny that like if you start playing that many shows, it like burns you out. But then mm. when you're not playing shows, you're like, I wish I was all burned out from playing too many yeah. shows. Yeah, you, know, yeah, you, yeah. you always want what you don't yeah. have. Your, you know? your first full weekend off, you just go nuts. Yeah. Oh man, and that's oh god, that's another thing is having weekends off um, mm. while you while you play music. Um, recently, I've just started going to watch other people play music because it's it's so much fun to go see other people. Um, Recently, I went and saw uh, Blue Ribbon Ramblers play. You know, sure. I, I hadn't seen them in a while, so mm-hmm. it was really fun to go see them play. And I mean, last year I took a buddy of mine to go see you guys down in Lake City. Is that where you played? Lake View. Lake View. I think I remember Dude, seeing. I, it. I gotta say it again. Lake City doesn't have a lake. Lake Lake View. You no. Can, you can view the lake. Yeah. From Lake View, but you, there's no lake there's in no Lake, lake. City. Yeah. Somebody told me that, and I Everything always forget. Everything but a lake. Yeah. I think that's what the sign says. Right? Really? I think so. <laughs> that's awesome. But yeah, I took one of my buddies. I've recently went back to school, and I took him down to go see you uh, down in Lake View, and uh, you guys were playing right on the lake there. That was super cool. Yeah. And not only that, but there was like pyrotech. Like, you had your own pyro team was my joke, but there was fireworks going yeah. off on the lake while you guys were playing. We got. Lu- I think we got lucky last year, probably like 
a half dozen times where like we would play and fireworks would go off. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like a thing. I was like, oh, cool, fireworks. And people would be like, yeah, at the end of songs. And they'd be like clapping like real extra loud and stuff. And then mm-hmm. we'd realize that there's fireworks going on. We can't hear shit because we got our in-ears oh, in, you yeah, know. that's but, smart. I was wondering how you guys were keeping time so well with all that going off. Because yeah. like, man, isn't these booms distracting? No, with, with your in-ears and you can't, I mean, and everything's mic'd and... Mm-hmm. We're, yeah, we run our ears in stereo now, which is a trip too. And like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, that'd be wild. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a lot of fun to set up. <laughs> oh, I bet, I bet. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, that was one of those things. I took a buddy of mine from Iowa Central to a jam night, and was it was one of those things. We talked to each other, like, "Do you know this song? Yeah, I know that song. Let's just go there and try it. You mm-hmm. know, see what happens." So we played like "Going Down" by Freddie King and. Uh, um, Stranglehold by Ted Nugent, just mm-hmm. a couple of like simpleish jam songs. But Ron Lee was there, mm-hmm. and Ron Lee played lead for us mm-hmm. while I sang and my buddy played bass. You know, and it was it was super cool because we get done and Ron Lee was super nice to us. You know, sure. and um, I had met Ron Lee once before, but it's it's still really cool to have Ron Lee. You know, you play with somebody like, damn, this guy's good, and then you're like, oh, he's nice to boot. You know, that, yeah, that's super cool. You yeah, know, yeah, and so. And, and humble too on top just to make it worse yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so i i remember um uh, i asked my buddy like hey do you want to go down to lakeview and watch jay clyde band um ron lee plays in jay clyde band oh yeah let's go check it out and we show up in a couple songs and he's like dude this is so cool and i'm like yeah dude these guys are awesome so yeah it's uh it's fun to actually get to venture into the scene play with some people and then go watch them play live in their other endeavors yeah yeah, yeah. plus the benefit of that when you go to see other bands playing live i <laughs> I don't know why I always think this. I'm just like, dude, those guys are working right now, and I'm not doing yeah, anything. Yeah. This is yeah. it's kind of nice to just kick back and let yeah. them do all the work. Yeah, you don't have to tear down later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't have to prep for this. I didn't have to show up, and, and they're doing stuff right now, and I'm just yeah. I'm just kicked back in a chair. It's hot out here. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm, I'm drinking club soda and lime. Yeah, and <laughs> they're up there just sweating. Yeah, but uh, Corey's I, struggling to find a place to take a drink of his beer. <laughs> 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 oh man! Oh, speaking of beer, you guys had your own beer. We oh, did, Jay Clyde beer. Yeah, down at River Hops this that, this last year. It was awesome. That is wild. How did that all start out, or how did that come about? Uh, Sean Minicus is really good friends with Ron down there, and Ronley was doing some work for him as well last summer, I think it was, and it just like spitballed them talking about it one night and. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's right, right when he got his canning machine, and then oh, uh, yeah. it all just kind of like I mean, it, it just kind of took off, mm-hmm. and it was like this idea that we had. And then he said, like, um, "Hey, if you guys can come down and help me can this or whatever, and we can do it and make it a thing, and then like sell it at a show." And I can't remember now how many cans we made, and it it was a lot, and it was kind of a crummy day, so I was worried about mm-hmm. I didn't want him to end up with a bunch of mm-hmm. you know like. J. Clyde beer cans, but like we we sold them all out in like a half hour. It was awesome. Yeah, it was like I don't. I'm just guessing. I think I remember it being like three thousand or something. Was yeah, it, it, was, it was. It was, it was a, lot. a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. yeah, and it and it was fun. And like I mean, it gets people out. And like you know, I think I only have two of them. You know, yeah, yeah and they're empty. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I remember you guys running some special promotion because one of the cans got printed upside down. We did that on purpose. Oh, that was my because I I was uh Brilliant. I was putting I can't remember if I was putting the hell was i doing that day i was washing i was washing cans you gotta like wash them out there's a whole process but um i thought a couple times that like i was watching ron put on labels or something and it was like oh about put that one upside down i was like well, yeah why don't you do that 
mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. go ahead. Yeah. You know, and then we'll make something of it. And they, we're trying to figure out a way to do, you know, like some promotion and like a giveaway CD and a t-shirt thing or something like that. Mm-hmm. So like, and that was just great. They were just going to throw them all in a cooler anyway. So it was like, whichever one you got handed, yep. you know? Yep. Yeah. And I mean. <laughs> the prizes got claimed. So, I mean, it was, that's, it was cool. That's brilliant. I mean, that's, that's one of those other things I always think about bands doing any sort of like sort of promotion at all just, yeah. just to give back to the people that come watch them yeah. live all the time it's super fun and yeah i mean you guys you guys have your own merch you got t-shirts correct? t-shirts and, and cds, CDs and yeah. Yeah. so yeah and that's another one. i still haven't gotten a jay clyde shirt i think every time i have one of you guys on here i talk to one of you i'll like, hook you up i need a shirt <laughs> i need a shirt so yeah i mean uh if nothing else, maybe we can do like a trade for trade shirts for mm. shirts. Boom. Let's try it out. I don't I like know. It. <laughs> but I always get this deal with like owners, like bar owners and stuff that have t-shirts. They're mm-hmm. always like, hey man, I'll trade you one of your shirts for one of mine. And mm-hmm. then like I get the shirt, but nobody else in the band does. So. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got shirts for all these different like bars and bands and yeah. everything else out there. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. And I usually get them for free. I don't have to, you know, cause I, the trade of the, of the t-shirt. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But all the other guys in the band got to pay for them. No, oh, we were talking J. Clyde band, uh, booking shows, staying busy. Um, I mean, you you get a lot of offers. Sometimes you even have to turn down shows. Um, on occasion, you have to. But the Rock and Picnic, yeah, yeah, twenty twenty. This show is gonna be awesome because you guys are doing the winter party. This we're doing year. the winter party. It's the first year for the winter party. I don't think they could have picked a better band to do it. This is going to be super sweet. <laughs> uh, February 22nd, Rustics in Humboldt. I've talked about it before on the podcast uh, for good reason. This is going to be a good show. It's still at what r- was Rustics. Rustics mm-hmm. got bought or sold or both, whatever, but it's going to change names and things are going to change, but it's the show's we're still, still going to party there yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was February 22nd, 2020. Is there a cover? No, it's free. It's free, free, free admission, dude. That's awesome. So, uh, I mean, when I saw this show, I was like, I got to go to this show. Unfortunately, I booked another show, uh, before I knew right about on. this. So I can't go. I'm super upset that I can't go. I really am. Cause it's not very often that freaking J Clyde band comes to your hometown right. to party, yeah, you yeah. know? So, um, I know this place is going to be packed. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, and it's a great venue too. It's really and fun. I, I love that place. Yeah. And I, I've, I've only ever did a jam there once. I've only ever played there once, but I went to when Lone Tree played there, I think it was hmm, for this last year or it was something around this time yep. last year. Yep. I don't and, remember what it was, but yes, they did play there. Yeah. I, I ran, I ran lights for them that night. And that, and that was packed. Yeah, <laughs> packed yeah and it was show. awesome. And and it was yeah. I'm I'm really excited. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, and that was in that uh the side room on at Rustics, a little I don't want a convention room or whatever. Yeah, yeah. The reception hall. Yeah. Uh, are you guys gonna? There's they usually have staging set up there. Um, if I recall correctly, it's usually kind of small. Do you guys gonna bring your own staging? Or uh, we'll this probably just put whatever they. I think like when Lone Tree played there. This is my my only reference to it is when Lone Tree played there. Um, they had Dean up on a riser mm-hmm. and if that's available, like we'll probably just set Jake up there and mm-hmm. yeah, that'll work just, out awesome. You know, do it however, but yeah, whatever, whatever works. If, if there's not enough staging to go around, we'll just get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. Everybody get on the floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Intermingle with everybody. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's not, a, that's not also like a bad thing though. If you do the, uh, Oh, I can hear the dog. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's not always a bad thing though. Uh, just being like on the floor with, uh, the people that you know are watching yeah. you play because uh, I'm sure you've played. I want to say, did 
you got a video of you guys playing live in Manson, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. and that's no risers or anything there. Yeah, it's just yeah. Like right on the floor. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome though. I mean, like yeah. that's another cool video. It's on your face or a YouTube page. Yeah, so check out that Jay Clark. While YouTube. we're while we're on that, I'll do I'll I'll pimp this a little bit. We have another one coming out too that we shot oh, at sick. River Hops, and we awesome. just released. Um, the first promo of it the other day of us doing life in the fast lane, a little piece of it. Oh, and no way. That's cool. We did, I think it was four or five songs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like a, an interview thing or whatever, but like one of them's a new song that we wrote and a couple, uh, covers that were just, that we just learned and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. that's going to be coming out here in the next couple of weeks and, it turned out great. Awesome. I mean, yeah, it was just one of those days, like, everything just aligned, you know, and, like, mm-hmm. you, as a musician, like, and you know it, too, like, where you just have good days, you know, and, like, the band was having a great day, and, yep. um, yeah, our buddy Zach Van Doren shot all that and everything and did the audio for it and stuff like that, and uh, Neil and I went down last Sunday and took a look at it, and it's going to be awesome. That's sweet. Dude, that's really cool. It's also, uh, I bet it's kind of cool having not having to do all of that yourself, you know, like, Oh, everybody get together. And then I got to set up a camera. It's kind of like the Mark Gales, right. thing. you know, you have somebody else kind of helping you, I want to say produce, but helping you get all this stuff set up yeah. to do it all. You know, and like, I don't know. I think, I think we got there at like 11 mm-hmm. to start like unloading the trailer and, <laughs> Shady. and doing whatever. <laughs> but, uh, like I don't, they brought tons of gear and they have cam. I mean, cameras and their own lights. And mm-hmm. I mean, like it, it's a, it's a, I know why people go crazy on movie sets. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It, it's, it's not like they were just coming in there with an iPhone and putting right. it on a tripod and being well, like, let's do this. Yeah. Thing, you know? Cause you know, we have to set up like, Hey, we just have to set up then like they have to mic stuff. And like on top of however we were just miking things, they put extra mics on things and room mics. And then like we ran it all and we had to get our ears set up, like mm-hmm. our, our in ears all like completely reset up and i was singing into a different vocal mic than i've ever sang into before and mm-hmm. so like that was a new thing and mm-hmm. and uh then it's all got to go into their you know computer for like the pro tools oh yep and you got to make sure you got levels for that and then like you got to <laughs> do like run you know what i mean then they were like okay well do you want to start shooting i'm like well can we just like warm up you know and mm-hmm. so like then we just run through everything and and Make sure that it that it's all sounding good and that your ears are the way you like them and you as a player you're warmed up and mm-hmm. they got you know their lines got the signal that they need and you yeah. know like I I as the night goes on I I tend to sing louder and so and yeah and it just gets to be like a, and it's a huge process dude, I don't think we yeah. actually started like shooting like actually like recording the songs and we did them all live like all the audio that you're gonna hear. Mm-hmm. Um, on this is all live, like all the singing and and everything. We didn't have a, have to overdub anything. That's awesome. Yeah, it was it was great, and I was just I, I was super surprised. And I'm gonna I'll admit it right here on your, on your thing. Like we went down there last weekend with like some intention of like possibly having to do vocal overdubs on stuff, and it did not happen. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's gotta feel really good. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I I, I didn't think like I was gonna try to brag about that, but I have I have the platform now yeah. to do that, and hopefully like. It comes out, and I just wasn't like in the moment, and it hopefully it doesn't suck. But I I mean, yeah, and it was it was just great. But I don't think we started like shooting any of that stuff till like four o'clock. You know, we all got there at eleven, so it's like yeah, five hours of setup and and testing and standing around and like yeah. But it's it's a lot, and like it's interesting and it's cool, and it was a great experience. And like, um, 
Zach and, and his guys are super chill and easy to mm-hmm. work with. And, you know, it's just, it was a great experience. Yeah. So all that will be coming out on your YouTube channel? Or are you guys going to do a DVD? Or what are we talking about? Uh, so, yeah, we'll probably put it on YouTube and on Facebook and stuff like that. And, like, what we're, we're, we're trying to put out is, like, a, you know, like a 20-minute video on, like, kind of interviews us about like us being in the band like our process and like like i said like we play a new song on there so like oh cool the process of like writing a tune or whatever and um neil and i which is like the first time that neil and i have like co-written something to completion together mm-hmm. so like and that was this song and called moving on and and that was fun and we talk about that and just you know like some of the stuff that we've talked about today and mm-hmm. like you know stuff for posterity so i can show my kids in 20 years that yeah dad's just not some like fat fat dude like i used to rock you know yeah dude i i think cataloging a little bit of this stuff is important uh that's yeah it's one of the reasons i started doing this because it this is uh i mean this is your life this this might just be northern iowa but mm-hmm. it's still like you guys are one of the heaviest hitters in northern iowa in the yeah. last 10 years you yeah. know um maybe even longer you know right you know, it's it's it deserves a little bit of recognition, if nothing yeah. else, to be at least cataloged in some way so people can come back and look yeah. at it. And to, like, you know, to say, like, talking earlier or whatever about, like, you know, frilly things and everything, like, with sound and lights, like, to have, like, a, like a nice-looking, like, polished video mm-hmm. that can either get sent around or you send out mm-hmm. to places or venues, a place that you just, you know, places that you maybe wouldn't always get a gig or something like that and just yep. be like, look, this is us. This is live. This is like, this is what we do, mm-hmm. you know? And then, I mean, you have a better shot at, yeah. at, you know, at attracting those, those, uh, those options, you know? So. Yeah. I think that might be one of the benefits of you not overdubbing your vocals on that. Cause you can even say like, Hey, this is us live. No overdubs. You yeah. Know? Like this, this is what you see is what you're going to get yeah. here. You know, that's, that's a benefit as instead of just being like, Oh, here's some stuff we recorded. I had 487 tries to make it perfect, and I finally did it. Yeah. And we mixed it all, and it sounds great. Here, this is what we sound well, like. Well, and what was cool about that day, too, is, like, some of the stuff that we did was, like, and I would say, like, for for us, it was, like, you know, difficult or harder material. Um, we just really wanted to, like, push ourselves and, like, lay down stuff that was, like, and I always loved that, I, and, I've, and I've always really wanted to do that, like, since we started J Clyde band was like find material that was like difficult mm-hmm. and like try to stick it, you know what I mean? Put our, put, put our spin on it and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that, whether we were doing our own stuff or covers or whatever, but like, um, like we just played really well that day. That's good, man. I mean, you, when you feel the groove with your band, I don't think there's a whole lot that's, that's better than that. It's something special. That, I think that's like a weird connection you don't always get to make with everybody, not even everyone you play music with, you know? Yeah. Just being in that in the pocket with everybody is... Yeah. It's uh, it's almost like you're speaking a language that only you guys can speak yeah. at that time, you know? Yeah. And I mean, like, also, like, a lot of these guys that, that we've been playing with and stuff, like, yeah, you know, I've been playing with Jake and Greg since I was, like, 15 years old, like... Mm-hmm. I don't have to say anything to Greg on stage, like a look will do mm-hmm. of like what, I, you know, I'm like, I need, you know, throw me a lyric or say, you know what I mean? Like I just mouth like first word to him, you know, trying to get Jake to, to transition into a song that I want to audible to. Mm-hmm. And like, we all have our in-ears in and like can hear and like 
to just give somebody like a look or like a hand signal or to just mouth something to somebody in like a group of like six guys who just know what you're thinking Mm -hmm. at all times is just is just awesome and like that's just time Mm -hmm. you know yeah yeah i mean that's something i don't think uh anybody should take for granted because it doesn't always happen i can definitely say that um i've i've been in bands enough to say that like you you can know when somebody you're in a band with somebody you could do that like just kind of just give them the the eyebrow raise you know like you know a little you know one of those thingies and they they know where you're going with it yeah yeah. and uh it doesn't always happen (laughs) our uh punk band does the whole like jam thing at the end of every show usually and uh we just kind of just fart around and jam stuff out and sometimes it ends up turning into like a voodoo child by you know Jimi hendrix sometimes we just go weird and everybody starts doing their own stuff but like we kind of all like look around it's like you you ready to you know like do we need to shift gears or or end this you know yeah, we yeah. all kind of know whether or not to take yeah. it to a different space or just to wind it down the guys used to give me hell too because like some of my hand signals like after a while I, and i don't know they started to like kind of look the same or whatever so i'd have one where like one finger you know kind of going in a circular motion like um was either keep going or wrap it up <laughs> that's cool yeah so it was like half i mean you know like you know, when you got the no bail policy you know like jake could keep playing or jake would stop you know whatever it'd be like half the band would just like you know hit the, hit the brakes and then i was like no man like jam it out or whatever we're gonna do you know like you gotta you gotta find a better way to be more clear and yeah i that was one. That's one of the reasons I always thought it'd be tough to be a drummer because they always have to give like a huge signal to everyone, like this. I'm slowing down, and they're hitting everything with more emphasis to slow it down and be like, "These yeah. are the fills I use when I slow stuff down to end the song. This is where we're ending." Yeah, you know? I always and like too, like I don't, if we're practicing or doing whatever, which um, I always just try to tell Jake, I'm like, "Help us out, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like if you, if you're gonna end this thing, like." Yeah, make it apparent. <laughs> yeah, like let's let's end it, you know, like <clears throat> but you know, like it's it's a timing thing, you know, and like yeah. you figure out, you know. I, I play I played with, with like Jake and Greg for so long that like it's just things like when when I when we like sat down to write the album and stuff, like there was stuff where I'm like I could write a song knowing like maybe what drum fill Jake was going to do mm-hmm. or like what he was like a capable of doing if like anything that I asked of him like mm-hmm. was going to be, you know? And so like in my head, like writing a tune, like it was a lot easier because like I could almost hear the finished product or whatever, yeah. you know what I mean? And like, you know, these guys are, these guys are so good, but like just to kind of like have this somewhat, somewhat of like a insider's predict, like predictability of like, yeah of the don't let me down thing, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like, and it was, that's just, that's just great. And that's just time. You know? Yeah. That's but, cool. That's cool. Well, I think we've, uh, we, well, well, Hey, we just went over an hour here. Is there, uh, anything else you want to, you know, talk about? I think we talked about most of the goodies. We kind of talked about the formation of J Clyde band, finally unearthed the name of why it's called J Clyde. I don't know how many times people are just like, is that J Clyde? And I'm like, I don't think J Clyde's a person. I think it's like a Leonard Skinner. Thing. I used to tell people that like, that was my alias. And I would just like give that name out and Greg's phone number to like people. I'd, <laughs> I'd, I didn't want to talk to you. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> that's good stuff. Yeah, dude. That's one of those things. I don't think a lot of people would have, I never knew that. I know, I didn't know where the name came from, but yeah. I knew I knew none of you guys were named Jay or Clyde, so yeah. I didn't know. Where it, it's really confusing at some events too, where like 
somebody will walk in there and be like, so who's Jay? Mm-hmm. And then like, we'll all just kind of like look at each other and be like, mm-hmm. I'll be like, hi, my name's Corey. And I'll stick my hand out. And mm-hmm. they're like, who are you? I'm mm-hmm. like, you know. <laughs> sort of, sort <laughs> yeah. of one of the namesake kind yeah. of things. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Probably not who you're looking for, but I'll talk to you. So. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. But yeah, man, I, this is a really good one. Uh, it's good. Yeah. Good to actually like, you know, meet you one on one, you know, not at a show when sure. you guys were taking a 10 minute break and being like, Hey, I, I know you kind of, hi, what's up? You know, and like, yeah, it's, yeah. that's always tough for anybody to like interact very much in those situations, especially if you're, when you're at a packed show. Yeah. Yeah. In uh yeah. Oh Lakeview, yeah. And people just yeah. got things going on and yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. It's really tough, but I always feel bad for like people that come like that. I know that come watch us play cause it's, a, you know, it's, there's it's, so much going on or whatever. Yeah. I like, I don't have time. Like, and we don't hardly take breaks. So like to stand yeah. there and talk to somebody when you got to take a leak and then you get a beer and be back, you know, it's, yeah, I think at that show we were at, we were there from nine till midnight and you guys took a 10 minute break. Yeah. And so it's like to be able to crush, I mean, you, and you guys were still going when I left. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to say you stopped at mm-hmm. midnight, but like to be able to crush like four hours and take a 10 minute break just for a breather, yeah. a bathroom break, you yeah. know, it's like, God dang. Yeah. And, and that's mind blowing, man. Yeah, some of that's just to keep everybody, you know, interested and stuff too. Oh, it's yeah. like, yep. I, like, but one thing, like, it just seems to make time go by too. Like, especially if you're playing four hours or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. how much of a break do you really need? Yeah, you know, like, and like, it just makes you more of a responsible person. Like, yeah, true. With your, how much your liquid you're consuming and, mm-hmm. and everything like that. Too. Yeah. So yeah, like that kind of helps on the back end too. Yeah. It's, all, <laughs> it's always rough when you, when you go to a show and it's like, we're going to take a 20 minute break and you come back and about 20 minutes into the last set, like it's like, all oh, these guys are looking a little rougher for the wear yeah, uh, yeah. from the first well, half like, of the show. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Eh, there's bands that do it. I shouldn't say. No. I but mean like, but like it just, it's kind of the bane of my existence to like go to a show and then watch like an artist take a break for like, 20 minutes or a half hour or something outrageous like mm-hmm. i always just thought like i always just tell the guys i'm like if you, you know go have a smoke take a leak get a beer mm-hmm. let's do it like that's what we're here for you mm-hmm. know like we can play for you know with all the music that we you know like the stuff that makes a set list like scratches the surface of like stuff we've ever played together mm-hmm. and we could play all night yeah you know we don't have to mm-hmm. but we but we could so it's like how much of a break do you need? Yeah. You know, like, and then just, you know, I'll play a couple tunes acoustic and you guys can, you know, and then I'll, you guys play a couple full band songs without me and Dude, that's it doesn't brilliant. have to stop. I never even thought about that. You guys have enough people in your band where it's like, if Ron Lee wants to dip out and go to the bathroom or something, it's like, he can just duck off the side of the stage. Yeah. You play a song without him. He comes back on, you play five more songs. You got to go get some water. You yeah, duck off I, the side of the stage real quick and yeah. come. That's brilliant. I never yeah. even thought of that. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that was, that was kind of the, the idea of it was like, you're still going to get two breaks in yeah. the night. So you're going to get the, the group break mm-hmm. and then you're going to get like your three song break. Mm-hmm. I, I'll do, I stay up and do three songs by myself mm-hmm. and the band breaks mm-hmm. and then they come up and do whatever they want to do. And I take a break. Oh yeah, dude. That's and then so I come cool. back up, and then we, then by then, I mean, like by then, you only got like a half hour, forty minutes left, anyways. Mm-hmm. So then it's just like, oh, home stretch, man. Yeah, you're, and and you just play like all your like busting up the yeah, killers, yeah, man. That's all the bangers, super yeah. cool, dude. That's brilliant because then yeah. everybody's well rested to come into the home stretch. Yeah, yeah smart. You yeah, know? yeah. I guess that's something else. I've never, I've never had to cover a four hour shift, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't know like what goes into it. But that's that's smart to you know at least 
think yeah. you know you have a thought process behind mm-hmm. it all. Plus, you have a big enough and talented enough band where you can pull off doing member swaps yeah. and stuff like and that. It, I mean, like even if you're playing like three hours or even like four hours, like if you take a break, like forty minutes, like it was say you're playing like eight to midnight and you take a break at like eleven twenty, everybody's leaving. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, that dude. that is gonna happen, dude. You it, know, it happens on those shows when you got four bands and everyone's playing a half an hour. And mm-hmm. the last changeup is at eleven something. You know that that happens too. Yeah. Where you'll the last band will get up there, gets everything set up, and they turn around to look up off the stage, and it's like oh, half the people are gone. Yeah, and so yeah. like as, as an audience member, you're like, well, they're gonna take a break. Like, you know, just I mean, I'm done with my beer. Like, do you want to go home? Or, yeah. And and then like as a as a musician or whatever, like then when you finally like go back up on stage and there's nobody there, you're like, oh, do we have to keep going? Like. You know, just oh yeah yeah i guess that's so kind of it's kind of both ways you know dude i never even thought that's brilliant you know i never even thought of that either like all these all these concepts are two-way streets not yeah, just yeah. A, not just a one-way yeah. street i don't so. know i always like to think of think of it like i said I, i've my ideas of wanting to be in a good band and my actual talent for it you know it's like <laughs> i've always, I've always I, I sit around and like ronley jokes with me but i do sit around and think a lot about things mm-hmm. like that yeah, you know, like you know, just the way if I go to watch a band play and the things that I like or things I think are clever or, mm-hmm. or whatever, and just maybe the way that somebody runs their show or something, and I'm like, hey man, like that works great, you know? Mm-hmm. Or I definitely don't like this, you know? Yep. And, yeah, I mean that's I that's know. smart. You got to know what you like, and like the fact that you guys have the conviction to go out there and, and do those things is is wild. You know, the the four hour shows, you guys have everything set up a little bit differently than most bands. You got the lights, the sound, mm-hmm. uh, everybody is is ridiculously talented in your band. It's 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 really cool to come see you guys yeah. live and and see the experience that is Jay Clyde Band. You know, so right uh, you know, thanks for taking a little time out of your day uh, yeah, to no sit problem. down and talk with me. I, yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Um, everybody, if you guys want to go check out the J. Clyde Band and you're anywhere in Northern Iowa, the time is this weekend. It's going to be the 22nd of February. It is going to be at Rustics. It's free. So it doesn't. it's not going to cost you anything. It's going to be super cool. Rockin' Picnic Winter Party 2020 featuring J. Clyde Band. It's going to be just as awesome as the Rockin' Picnic, except it's winter and it's indoors. They're going to have alcohol there and everything else. I'm sure that's going to it's heated. It's going to be it's a great yeah, place. You don't so have to come out to the uh, the Rockin' Picnic site in the yeah. wintertime to watch. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that would be br- <laughs> that'd be so brutal. Rockin' Picnic Winter Party at Sheldon. That'd be insane. Wolf. No. Yeah. It, yeah. It's at uh, it's at Rustics or what used to be yeah. Rustics. So uh, check it out. Uh, Audible Farm on any of the sites. I've started sharing the flyer uh, over again. So if you want to check it out, it's there otherwise just search j clyde band or scroll down i got links to everything down below so uh dude Corey, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast thank you. thanks for having me absolutely that was a good episode you know what uh that episode was it was right at the perfect length i think we covered just enough to get to know Corey, uh to dig deeper into j clyde band to understand some of the things that are going on out there uh but, you know, we left a lot of stones unturned, so maybe we could have him back sometime. Uh, you know, like like I said in the intro, we talk a little bit about music and a little bit about business, and we kind of uh, paint this nice little picture of him, and it's kind of cool, but I still think there's more there to, to be heard. Uh, you know what? If you want to hear some of the stuff, scroll down below. I've got links to everything J. Clyde Band down below. Otherwise, go to that Rockin' Picnic Party. It's that Rockin' Picnic Winter Party 2020. It's on February 22nd, 2020. That's a Saturday. Show starts at 8. 
It's free. Jay Clyde Band is going to be there, and it's going to be great. I like watching these guys live. Every single one of them is very talented individually, and then you put them all in a band, and it's kind of insane. So uh, just go check it out. They cover all sorts of stuff. It's rock and roll. It's a little bit of country, a little bit of blues, a little bit of it's a little bit of everything you probably like and that's what i enjoy most about them is uh it's just a little bit of everything and they're all really good at doing what they're doing so check them out uh also i want you to check out couchtown coffee couchtown coffee is roasted right here in iowa use the code word this week j clyde and you can save 20 percent on any of your orders at www.couchtowncoffee.com support local appreciate it guys oh man this is a good episode i want to say thanks to Corey waller for uh you know doing the podcast this week it was good to actually sit down with him and uh you know he was very accommodating so i appreciate it thanks Corey. also i want to say thanks to the rock and picnic committee for sponsoring the podcast uh throwing my little podcast symbol on the poster for the show really appreciate it guys and uh you know what anything i can do to support my hometown i really really want to do it because you guys you know, the music scene around here in northern Iowa is blooming, and it, as, it, as it is everywhere else, there's a new podcast popping up, and uh, I'm going to try and reach out maybe to a handful of the podcasters out there and uh, see what they've got going on and see if maybe they want to do a little cross-promotion or talking to each other, and uh, maybe we'll create a little network where we can like make a map of who covers what areas and, and what's going on, because it's kind of neat. There's a handful of podcasts similar to this one but a little bit different that are popping up and everyone's got their own individual take on it which makes it pretty cool so uh maybe look out in the future for that otherwise uh you guys go to that winter party and uh we'll check you later peace